Grumpy Old Geeks, a weekly talk show hosted by Brian Schulmeister and Jason DeFilippo, discussing the finer points of what went wrong on the internet and who's to blame. Welcome to Grumpy Old Geeks for October 30th, 2015, day before Halloween. I'm Spooky Jason. <laughs> oh, I was not prepared for that. Happy pre-Halloween, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Brian. Uh, I got, I got, I'm crying Brian. Brian I, believe Brian. That, I believe that was the garbage pail kid that my sister used to taunt me with. <laughs> A nice one. Oh man, I, I love the garbage pail kids. I thought those were so fun. I thought they were fun too until my sister locked onto that and it was like five years of it. Oh, that kind of sucks. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. Uh, yeah, Halloween. I carved some pumpkins last night, and the best part of carving a pumpkin, I roasted my pumpkin seeds. They are delicious. Awesome. I'm doing that tonight. Yeah, I don't know why this isn't something I do more often throughout the year, why it's just a one-time-a-year thing, because pumpkin seeds really are delicious. The nice thing about now, though, yeah, yeah, go buy a bunch of pumpkins because they're going to be really cheap on uh, Sunday. That is very true. I think I should do that and maybe make try my hand at making my own pumpkin pie from scratch. Well, yeah, worth a shot. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Are you a pie guy? Are you a baker? Um, no, I'm, I'm more of a, my, my cooking is almost exclusively in the meat realm. Uh, I'm not much of a baker, but it is something I've wanted to explore in my, in my process of trying to learn new things. I think that's uh, next up is trying to figure out how to bake. Of course, that goes uh, directly against my desire to also, you know, I'm working out an hour and a half a day and trying to lose weight, not gain it. <laughs> so baking is maybe not the brightest idea right now. It's like, okay, I'm going to start baking and brewing my own beer. That does not make much sense at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. I think, dude, you're doing it wrong. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> wrong, wrong approach. I've been, yeah, I've been on a kick lately where I've been trying to replace everything that could possibly have, you know, carbs or starches in it with uh, vegetables. So uh, my uh, cauliflower stir fried rice is amazing. Mm, okay. Yeah, really yeah, you've been talking that. about that. You've been talking about that a lot, posting it quite often as well. Yes, yes, yes. The maid came over yesterday and we made some salmon burgers with the, the cauliflower fried rice with this beautiful ginger soy sauce. And she was just in love with it. So if if the maid is asking me for the recipes, I think it's a good sign. You know, what's really funny, Jason is you love to shit on LA and even California quite a lot. Yet that was the most fucking LA sentence I've ever heard. The maid came over to check out my fancy, fancy pants cooking. That sounds like a fucking vegan explosion from hell. Yeah. But I had a maid in in Chicago that did the same thing. She liked my cooking there too. Everywhere I go, I have, I have a maid in every town. Then you hopped into your Prius and drove to Whole Foods. Uh, yeah, kiss my ass for that. <laughs> so we talked about Crystal before. Yes, we did. That and, was a couple of weeks ago. And, uh, before, uh, you took your day off and, and we had friend of the show for co-host last week. So, uh, I'm going into this blind. Apparently you, you, uh, you put us together and ran us through the Crystal method. Yes, it is. We have gone through the Crystal method. Yes. Uh, so I wanted to go into this blind because I'm assuming you've read this so I can react in real time to this. Okay, so it says, if Jason and Brian work together, Crystal predicts that their relationship will look like this. Okay. Oh, that's a very nice picture of me pulled up. <laughs> oh, very, yeah, very young. Um, so when at work, when working together, Jason and Brian need to remember to write important things down so they don't forget. <laughs> this is why we have Hackpad. Perfect. Okay. Jason will get frustrated sometimes because Brian resists his direction or guidance, even against logic. Well, okay. True that. Yeah. The logic part is, is rare and in between. So fair enough. Brian might take it. Brian might make a sarcastic comment that Jason takes literally. (laughs) That has happened a lot. You've been very pissed off at me about sarcastic comments before. Jason might think that Brian talks too much, but will continue to listen out of respect. Respect me, bitch. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh, these are, I mean, this is just great. Okay. Now when we're in group, well, we don't work in groups in conflict. In the okay. event of a dispute, Jason will have the natural impulse to fix Brian by making demands, but Brian will not follow them. That's so true. Jason and Brian actually enjoy disagreement and see it as an opportunity to hash out new ways of looking at the world. Also true. Oh, okay, I'll, I'll go. I'm down with that. Conflict between Jason and Brian might go unspoken, not because of resentment, but because Brian might not realize the problem exists. Totally ties in with the my making a sarcastic remark and you getting all butthurt about it. Yep. I had no idea. And uh, under the personal side, Jason and Brian will both probably end up in the most active, engaging circle of people at a party. Oh, so not true for me. Maybe for you. Well, I go wherever the booze is, and that does tend to be the active, engaging people. Through that. So this, yeah. is, this is pretty fun. It's actually surprising. Well, I mean, it's, you know, it's no different than astrology or anything like that. You can read into it what you will. We're, we're totally leaving out the ones that we know are complete and utter bullshit just because they don't really connect to us at all. So we're reading the ones that we think are funny and somewhat true. And there's a lot of them, but here's, here's, we're going to leave it with this one. Mm. Brian and Jason will have a dynamic at times quirky relationship highlighted by stretches of brilliance and occasional bouts of mutual frustration. uh, I think we have a new tagline for our podcast. (laughs) Yes. That could be the new, the new title of the show, mutual frustration with Brian and Jason. (laughs) Perfect. I like it. Yeah, that's pretty good. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to run a run my my connections to a couple other people through this and see if they get as as close as and as well done as a. I'll, I'll it probably won't because you and I are exceedingly active online. So Crystal had a lot of things to pull from. Yeah, I definitely did. Only one bit of follow up because uh, again, you you know you weren't around last week, so I, I'm not following up on anything that I talked about with Fergal. Although I do appreciate the lovely comments that we got. Uh, you were going on and on about how Hillary Clinton had the personal email server in her house and how stupid that was. And I totally agree with you. It's a fucking idiotic thing to do. And I can't believe that politicians would do such things. Uh, oops, oops. Nope, nope, not so good. Uh, the re- main Republican who's been going after her about it is also using his own private email server. Oh, dear. Dearie me. Oh, dear. Now, it's not technically in his house, but it is private. And it is very unclear as to whether he's using that purely for campaign work or whether the email is spilling over for political and congressional tasks, which it most likely is. So a little bit of hypocrisy there. It swings both ways. And uh, obviously, you and I need to pack up and move to DC and start a new uh, consulting firm. (laughs) No, not going to happen. In the news. The Hyperloop. We've talked about it a few times. This is Tesla's new fangled mode of transportation that will basically shoot you down a tube at 10 gazillion miles an hour. Actually, 760 miles per hour, to be exact, which is terrifying when you think about it because one thing goes wrong and splat, you're dead. Uh, but it's it's coming. They're building the text, uh, test track. Uh, it's going to cost around $6 billion, uh, and it'll be a five-mile test track somewhere in Quay Valley, California. I don't know where that is, but according to this article, that's going to be a self-sufficient solar-powered township that is yet to be constructed. So that's pretty cool, $6 billion dollars for five miles. So... <laughs> How, yeah, but how much is it going to cost? That that would be the test track. The actual cost will be much cheaper as they as they really build it. But uh, it's also it's Elon Musk behind. He's got tons of money. He'll, and he's going to make tons. If this thing actually works, it will disrupt the flight industry and it will replace the flight industry and it will be a billion upon billion upon billion dollar a year of revenue easily if it works. Yeah, but he's not actually involved in this. He just gave up the idea and there are companies that are taking it and running with it. All right, well, hopefully they'll sort it out. I, I would like to see this happen. It, one thing that does give me pause and makes me a little bit worried, again, in this article, they were uh, interviewing Bob Gresta, which is the company that's actually building its uh, which, uh, 
deputy chairman, and he said, it will change completely humanity. Oh, now, like the segue. Isn't that supposed <laughs> to be, it will completely change humanity? Uh, I say It that will again. change completely. Humanity does not make any sense to me. That, <laughs> that is not a real sentence. <laughs> that, is, that is not a sentence. So that I'm a little worried now. Hyperloop, go fast round in circle. Exactly. That sort of thing. So good times. <laughs> oh, uh, yesterday I lost power because as I've screamed a million times and we are actually living in a third world now and if there's a light breeze or somebody sneezes too loud, uh, the power lines will go down. Uh, if you were in West, Los or West Hollywood yesterday, you also lost power, not because of a breeze, because some jerk ran a drone into the power lines. Yeah, that's going to happen more and more. It's going to happen a lot. Good times. <laughs> And now that we know that you can knock out the power with a drone, what people about the people who are going to do it on purpose? That's right. We good times. What a wonderful world we've created for ourselves. <laughs> now that we're getting into the self-driving cars are going to be everywhere. There's a great article that I found called why, why self-driving cars must be programmed to kill. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is part of the fun of, of kind of the whole concept of AI in general and a sci-fi trope that we've seen a thousand times. But if you're going to have an autonomous car and it has to make the choice between uh, hitting 10 people or hitting one person, it's going to hit the one person. Well, that's, yeah, it's, you know, yeah. the, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few Ooh, <laughs> or, the, or the one. We should call it uh, the Spock. Yes. That should be the, the powering uh, AI in every uh, autonomous vehicle. Yes, the Spock algorithm will... Mm -hmm. uh, so make sure that if you do see a crowd of people running into the road, you stick with them and don't stay on the side. Yeah, stay with big crowds when, when while this is going on because uh, you'll have a better chance of not getting run over by the dinky little cars that these things are going to be. Uh, well, the <laughs> Teslas are not dinky. That's true. The Teslas are not. Tesla will, will splat your ass pretty quick, especially <laughs> if it's in like insane mode going, going a little quickly. Right. Uh, you're always on the warpath about, you know, how we're going to lose our, our unlimited downloads and bandwidth and blah, blah, blah. And, and we are, aren't we? Uh, pretty much. Yeah. Okay. It's going, just it's going. Just checking. So there's a couple, there's a couple articles that are going to be in the show notes about how uh, New York's broadband speeds are uh, under investigation by the attorney general's office. Um, and it's about time somebody did this. I mean, I, yeah. I, can, I never come close to the speed that I am theoretically paying for. Not even yeah. close. I'm, a, you know, I, I'm paying almost 500 bucks a month right now for 300 down, 20 up, and I have never gotten more than 200 down. Yeah, uh, and somebody needs to be looking into this. I, I, it wasn't a big deal so much when when we all had the unlimited, uh, you know, bandwidth thing going on. When we were just when we were paying for a, a bucket that could never never empty out, we didn't care so much. But now that you're charging us for all the fucking little bits of sand that go into that bucket, we better be getting what the hell you're telling us we're getting. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that you can't have it both ways, companies. You can't take away everything and you want to charge bit by bit. And then you then you start fucking slamming our bits away from us. Screw you. <laughs> that's a load of shit. Indeed. Indeed <laughs> yeah. it is. But that's the way the world works, isn't it? Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, you know, Facebook is, is intentionally taking uh, bandwidth away from, from their uh, employees every Tuesday, apparently. So if you expect anything to go wrong, uh, if anything goes wrong with Facebook on Tuesday, it's going to take an extra amount of time for it to get fixed. They're calling it 2G Tuesdays, and they want to give all employees an opportunity to see what using the app with an incredibly slow collection feels like and help close the empathy gap between Silicon Valley and emerging markets. Um, uh, and now, there's a now, lot of things you can do to close the empathy gap <laughs> between Silicon Valley and emerging markets. Don't be assholes. Yeah, it just, it, you know, on the surface, this is the yeah. stupidest thing I've ever heard. Of course it is. <laughs> it's like, what? No, this makes no sense whatsoever. 
Yeah. I, if you're a decent developer anyways, I mean, we always used to test our, our things against slow connections, and we tried to always crunch down graph. Of course, a lot of that's gone away, hasn't it? Developers don't really do that anymore, do they? No, they don't. No, the kids nowadays so maybe this are does spoiled. Make sense. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it does make a little bit of sense to do that to them then. Maybe give them, give them some haze, you know, uh, 28.8 <laughs> modems and let them, let them dial up through the old AOL access points and live like we used to do. Oh, good times. <laughs> Loading. Loading. Actually, I, had to, I experienced that a little bit yesterday because, again, when the power was out and uh, I was getting ready to hop on my bike to find coffee shops or whatever godforsaken place I could find an outlet and some, some free Wi-Fi to use to try to get through my day, I was trying to download a, a podcast just over, you know, not over Wi-Fi. God damn, that takes a long time. Really? I mean, my, mine's blazing fast. I can get it faster generally on my phone or my iPad using, you know, 4G faster than I can get it on my insanely expensive uh, cable connection. Oh, that is That was not my experience yesterday. I'm, I'll have to look into Time Warner Cable and see if they're throttling me. Uh, well, you know, check it out. Check it out. Uh, all, all I know is when I do, uh, when I'm on the road and I, I'm publishing this podcast using Verizon 4G from my iPad and just the up and down speed is blindingly fast. Hmm. Except, yeah. I, you know, it's 50 bucks a, a month for five <laughs> gig. Yeah, so. and that goes very, very fast. Uh, very fast. Do not leave Facebook open if you uh, are on a throttled connection like or a uh, metered connection, I should say. Unless you're their employee, and that's what you have to do on Tuesday. <laughs> okay, moving on. Yeah. Uh, lawsuit against Apple for uh, the iOS 9 Wi-Fi Assist, which I, I'm 100% behind this lawsuit because it was a bit disingenuous. It was not uh, exactly explained how this thing would work. And uh, it came as a default on, so you actually had to switch it off. So people are now suing, saying, hey, hey, man. We didn't know that this was going to happen. I didn't know that this was on. And how come I now have, you know, a $3,000 Verizon charge? I need to go look into this because I have that on still. <laughs> you got to turn this thing off. Uh, apparently, it's getting a little bit better with their new updates, but I switched it off right away because nobody really understands the algorithm behind how Wi-Fi Assist is switching over. And if you don't know what it is, basically, iOS 9 included a feature that if your Wi-Fi connection wasn't so good and you have the blazingly fast 4G connections like Jason to you know publish things, it will switch off Wi-Fi and switch over to your to your other connection because it's better. And it does this without really informing you. So all of a sudden, a lot of people found themselves with very, very large wi uh, wireless bills. Interesting. And oh, so they okay. are now getting sued. And uh, I think it's a class action. I got to look into this too, because I, at least for the first month, I don't think I hit my cap because I never really do anyways. But it was, uh, when I found out about this, I was like, that's, that's some dirty pool there, Apple. Yeah, you'd think that that would be like an AT&T thing, but um, I'm looking up the... Uh where it's at it's buried like to find the yeah it's way at the bottom under it is buried. cellular wi-fi assist bye-bye yeah you gotta switch that off if you haven't switched it off yet people and you're worried about uh your bill and you hitch it close to your cap all the time switch it off now and you should always have uh your your whichever carrier you're with have it on so they text you when you get close to your limits exactly so i've, I've always got that on because i've got so many people on my family plan that somebody leaves it on and i get dinged yeah and uh, since we're talking about Apple, let's briefly mention Apple Music again. This is an article in Wired saying Apple doesn't need Apple Music to win, which is why it will. And I somewhat agree with this. Um, Apple really doesn't give a fuck if Apple <laughs> Music is, is decent or not. And over time, they're going to end up getting everybody over anyways, and it's not going to end up mattering. Uh, I don't know about that. I mean, I've already canceled it. I don't know anybody that's still on it. 
Apple has so much money they could just buy Spotify and they still win. Which is what they should do. I'm actually surprised that they haven't. I They've got to realize at this point that Apple Music is a travesty. I mean, I guess the reason that they're not doing it is they still have so many deals with the different labels and entities for for actual sale things. And if they bought Spotify, that's basically just saying to hell with anybody ever buying anything again. It's all just going to be streaming. And that could be iffy for their business models and and their arrangements with different labels. But once that's out of the out of the Park, I mean, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't they just buy it? Because Apple Music is just, you got to burn it down and build it back up from the beginning or just take somebody else's that actually works. Well, the problem I think that they might run into if they buy Spotify is antitrust. You know, at that point, they would basically be like a massive monopoly. And what would you have left? Pandora and RDO? No, you've got Google now and YouTube. Let's talk about those two. It's not. It, I mean, seriously, uh, it, I don't think it would be an antitrust issue because now you've got two of the other biggest uh, players in the in the entire industry just tossing their hats in the ring too. Yeah, Google Play, Google Play Music. That's pretty big if anybody mm-hmm. uses it yet. But now they've got podcasting. It's coming. Woohoo! I'm actually kind of excited about that. I'd like, dude. To see, you have uh, oh, you have no idea how excited I am about that. We might make a few more ducats. Considering that Google has 80% of the, you know, the mobile market or something mm-hmm. close to that, and every podcast player on Android is a steaming pile of shit, <laughs> like actually building it into Google Play, which is also cross-platform, and you can use it on desktop, uh, iOS, and Android. I'm, I'm super excited about this. Our shows have already been submitted and approved, and as soon as it goes live for everybody, we'll be right in there. Yeah. I'm excited about that, too. So we'll see what happens. So in addition to that, uh, we also have uh, YouTube Red launch this week, which I did no one think about this name. Every every single tech podcast is the same thing. (laughs) Here's what happened. They were sitting around a boardroom and and main guy said, hey, let's call it YouTube Red. And no one wanted to admit that they'd ever seen porn in that boardroom. I know. (laughs) That is the only way that this name got approved. Because if you Google YouTube Red... (laughs) RedTube does come up very, very quickly. Oh, that's funny. You know what it's like? Remember when there were those, um, oh, I forget. It was uh, some Asian airline, and there were all these plane crashes that they had because nobody wanted to speak up against, like, like if the co-pilot saw the captain doing something bad, like he wasn't allowed to speak <laughs> up and tell him something was going wrong, and then the plane crashed and blew up. Yeah, that's the only way I can imagine that this name got approved, uh, is everybody just sat in that room and said, I'm not going to admit that I've looked at pornography. Mm-hmm. yeah horrible name uh seems to be an interesting enough concept i mean because it's not just youtube you do get uh you get music streaming through google uh you get a bunch of other things all for one low price it's not it's not it doesn't have the convenience that uh, an apple does but uh it does seem to be pretty interesting and i was sitting there wondering like who the f would pay for this um and then i was thinking you know what parents because I, I, especially even just hanging out with my niece, uh, addicted to YouTube, love just sitting there play, uh, watching children's videos on YouTube on an iPad. And I was thinking, these 30-second pre-roll commercials that this kid is being exposed to, thousands upon thousands of them a day, I would pay this just so my kid didn't have to see that every day. Yeah, that's true. So that's about the one purchase thing that would make sense to me. Now, obviously, there are just so many people that live on YouTube that this is going to make sense. Uh, I think they were saying something along the lines of even if just like 3% of YouTube's music base uh, paid for this, they'd be rolling in it. I don't think 3% are going to, but who knows? We'll see. Yeah, 3% is really high. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Oh, man. that's Well, we'll see how it goes. I'm not, yeah. I, it's nothing I'm interested in, but 
<laughs> we'll see. Again, yeah. like uh, I could see if I if I were a parent and and I was doing the whole I, uh, iPad and YouTube thing, I would probably pay for this just because of the sheer amount of commercials you're exposing your kids to every single day, and this would get rid of it in, in pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. But that's the only purchase model I can see for me. Uh, speaking of weird ass shit, BuzzFeed. Uh, there's an article in Recode where uh, basically the uh, BuzzFeed CEO said something along the lines of five billion views are worth more than 18 billion impressions. I'm not following that math. Okay, yeah, I haven't. Uh, so 18 billion is promise point five. No, it doesn't make any sense. I don't know what you're talking yeah, about. But it came with a helpful GIF animation that shows exploding circles. It does have it. It goes go boo yeah. boo. Yeah. No. Anyways, I don't get it. So, uh, well, good on you. It doesn't seem to matter. They're making tons of money, so people seem to buy that crap. The interesting thing about BuzzFeed this week is uh, the Gamergate and South by Southwest blow up. I have not seen any of that. I've been in a bubble. Okay, because BuzzFeed is pulling out of South by Southwest. If they what, if they what? don't, yeah, if they don't actually, you know, turn around the decision that uh, the people at South by made to kill some of the the Gamergate panels. Oh, I did hear a little bit about that. I didn't know BuzzFeed was connected to it. I think that was really dumb on their part. Why would you kill why would you kill the panels that are talking about this? We're just going to pretend it doesn't exist? That's that's pretty much the point. And you know, I saw the signatories on it and the main signatory is Zay Frank, who I love to death and is a super smart guy. So, so this happened about 3 days ago and Vox Media is also in on it and there really isn't any updates yet. So keep an eye on this one to see if anything happens, I guess. Yeah, I suppose. We'll see what happens. When is <laughs> South by Southwest is coming very soon, correct? It's in the spring. Mm, okay, not that soon then. Well, there's plenty of time. Yeah, that's, that's the whole plenty thing. Plenty of time for these nerds to figure out if they're going to blow people up or not. <laughs> okay. Um, now, this one I found, which I <clears throat> I love. <laughs> uh, I, you actually beat me to it. I thought this was, uh, you know, science and booze. How could we not talk about it? But, yes, uh, yes. I brought up the show notes because, you know, we have to write things down so we don't forget them. <laughs> uh, and you had already put it in there. So Yes, earlier this year, astronomers from the Paris Observatory <laughs> observed a comet in our solar system spewing large amounts of ethyl alcohol. About, what was it, 500 bottles of wine a day or something like that or a minute? Somebody get Bruce Willis and put him on a thing. We need to rope this thing and bring it in. Yeah, 500 bottles of wine every second. So, <laughs> Of course, the Parisians found it. I know. That's what I was thinking, too. <laughs> so, yeah, we definitely need to fund space exploration, people. Come on. Yes. How much wine are we, are we losing here just to – because NASA's yeah. not funded. Yeah, we just leave that right out there. We got 5,000 gallons on tap every couple seconds. Oh, I know. Delicious. 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 And I found another one. With my luck, it'd be fucking Merlot. <laughs> I can't drink Merlot. <laughs> now, if it's a nice cab, I'm in. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Um, the International Business Times has an article about drinking beer slows down Alzheimer's and Parkinson's disease. Oh, good. We'll be doing this podcast well into our 80s then. <laughs> yeah, I have. Um, well, I mean, I stopped <laughs> drinking beer a couple of years ago, but uh, maybe it's time to pick it back up. Uh, I've, I've kind of keep my beer consumption to Sunday fun days. It's just, you can't go watch a football game and have some nachos and, and pair it with a, a nice cab. It doesn't work. So I know that is, that is kind of the problem, but yeah, I have Alzheimer's runs in my family. So oh, <laughs> I'd okay. have to, you know, just get a nice, uh, yeah. nice Belgian beer once a week to yeah. slow down the damage. There you go. And uh, see, this stuff's good for you. And, All things in moderation, people. And just kill the rest of the brain cells that are left. Yeah, there aren't yeah. that many. Small loss. Security? 
And if you think Jason and I sound a little bit weird on this particular podcast, as I think I just mentioned, uh, we have these Santa Ana winds going on here in Los Angeles at the moment. Uh, if you don't know what those are, they're just very dry, hot, painful winds that that come through and everybody gets all nasally and congested and their nose turns red and we all start to basically look like Lindsay Lohan after a chic through a party. <laughs> <laughs> and it just makes everybody cranky because of the static electricity, because you, as you mentioned, they are dry yeah. and it just feels like your, your clothes are sticking to you. It's nah. yeah, it's, it's a bit nasty and, and neither of us are sounding particularly great at the moment. So, all right, let's, uh, let's continue with being cranky and depressed. Let's do security. All right. The U S Senate passes CISA, which all right. is, uh, the cybersecurity information sharing act, which is, uh, it's a bill that basically says, hey, if you're a company and you want to give us some info, this makes it easy for you. Um, <laughs> there's a lot. There's a lot to it. It's, you know, it's it's a spying bill is what it is. A surveillance bill. Mm-hmm. There's a couple links in the show notes if you want to read up on it. It's very terse stuff. And I do not want to bore half of the audience, <laughs> which uh, these things tend to do. And uh, Facebook is also uh, in trouble because they said on the outside that, oh, we're against it. It's terrible. And then uh, there's some some stuff came out that, oh, they're actually kind of lobbying for it. Yeah. Um, you can find out more of that at youbetrayedus.org slash Facebook. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Great little title there. The funniest thing about this, and this is in uh, the first link in the show notes, the Boing Boing article, uh, where this could be why we have problems fighting against these sorts of things. Uh, that talks about all the people that were against it, security engineers, academics, uh, some technology companies, not Facebook, obviously, uh, civil society organizations. Consti- constituents sent over one million faxes opposing CISA to senators. Faxes. Who the fuck still has a fax machine? <laughs> Actually, uh, you probably do. Do you have one I of those? Do, all in, do you have one of those all-in-one printers? It does not have fax capability. Okay, because I have two of those, and they both can fax. <laughs> Yeah, I gave up on facts quite a long time ago. I live with a real estate agent. We need to fax things. Okay. Uh, And this one kind of made me really sad. Uh, It's from Dale Myers. Uh, He's a software engineer at Microsoft. Um, Uh, It's called One Password (laughs) Leaks Your Data. I'm like, oh, man, (laughs) not you guys, too. Apparently. Yeah, and it's not that much data, but they're working on a fix for it. And yeah. uh, yeah. Well, thankfully, nobody listens to us anyway, so nobody's using it. Just oh, that one guy. Oh, there's a couple guys. There's a couple. I think we're up to like six or seven. All right. Well, it's still pretty good. I still use it anyways, and uh, they're going to fix it. Right. And I don't know the, I don't use the one password anywhere feature. So. Oh, I don't either, actually. So, so you're that, fine. The main yeah. problem is with that. So we're all right. It's not as bad as Patreon. We, we're not doing so well on our recommendations. With them. <laughs> no, I feel really terrible. <laughs> uh, it just proves the whole, my whole belief on the security segment, which is everything's going to get hacked anyways. It is, but it's fun to talk about. It's true. And now uh, from SC Magazine, three quarters of industry pros say a breach caused by an IoT, Internet of Things, device is likely. What that tells me is the other one quarter are not very good at their job. Or they work for somebody who's making those devices. Yes. (laughs) And they're like, no, 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 we're safe. We're safe. It's going to be fine. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And there's there's another article in Naked Security called The Internet of Things. Stop the things. I want to get off. And it's... 
uh, just another article about how we're kind of screwed with the Internet of Things. Look, uh, when when yes, when when it comes down to uh, my my parents having their toaster connected to the Internet of Things, they are not going to pay attention to any security aspects on that. In fact, uh, the things that we have now, we don't pay attention to. This I was, as I mentioned yesterday, I'd lost power, so I went down to the local coffee shops around here, and I was getting online, and I was having uh, basically they have horrible connections, and I was talking with a friend of the show and last week's co-host Fergal about that, and he was like, yeah. I often just connect to their routers and reboot them because they don't ever bother putting a password on them. Mm-hmm. Nobody cares about this stuff. And once we start connecting absolutely everything to the internet, we are screwed. Well, there's a, uh, a kettle out there called from a, a brand called smarter called the I kettle. Why? why, why, why do you need a kettle <laughs> that's connected to the internet? This one, this one boggles my mind, but uh, when you put in your Wi-Fi password, they store it in the clear. Mm-hmm. So people can actually do, you know, drive-bys and figure out what your, password for your Wi-Fi is, and then rename it, uh, rename their Wi-Fi to use your name and password, and then you can get into the other network. It's, it, uh, why, why, why do you need a, why do you need a kettle that is connected to the internet? I'm sorry. It's also $150. Who pays that much for a kettle? Well, I paid $300 for my Breville. <laughs> mm, yeah, but uh, yeah. Okay. never mind. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not connected to the internet. God damn it. Thank God. Um, <laughs> in, in non-internet, uh, safety and security issues, this is just, uh, because I've just come back from traveling and I travel quite frequently and I've, I've discussed before how my wife and I disagree about the locks on luggage and I'm right and she's wrong. Uh, the other thing that we always disagree about is the, uh, hotel safe, uh, which, uh, you know, everything has to go into the hotel safe. And I'm just like, why it's, there's no way that this thing is secure. I mean, the maid has access to this. It's not secure. Uh, Lincoln Life Hackers says that basically you can peel off something and, and if you've got a paperclip and a pocket knife or even just a paperclip, in about two minutes you got that thing open. So if anybody can get into your room, which is super easy these days because it's all electronic, uh, they could also get into your hotel safe. Yeah, putting stuff in the safe just tells everybody where it's at. Yeah, <laughs> it I, makes it easy for them to just go by or just go by the room when the maid's like taking a peek. And look, I, going, you're I done. have... I have said since day one, if I want to keep something secure in my hotel room, what I do is wrap it in my dirty underwear. I don't put it in the hotel safe. Or just take it with you. Or take it with you. Yes, exactly. I always go out with my backpack that's got my drive on it. Anyways. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Not that my wife listens to the podcast, but there. (laughs) There you go, sweetie. (laughs) Uh, So it turns out even the IRS has stingrays. Mm-hmm. You know, the stingrays, the phone surveillance uh, yeah. gadgets. Yeah. yeah. yeah Why yeah. is the IRS using it? I, maybe they're trying to listen in on phone calls on people that aren't paying their taxes. Yeah. I mean, they've got 2,500 special agents who handle criminal tax violations. So they're out going after the criminals. Hmm. Yeah. I think I have to apply for a job. <laughs> I don't think they'd take me. No, you'd have to fix a few things first, but they don't need a stingray to find out about your tax situation. We talk about it on a podcast that's available for free. Exactly. Oh, <laughs> uh, so GE's Smart City Project. Have you heard about this thing? Mm-hmm. Well, now they're going to be putting in gunshot detectors into the streetlights. Why, oh, why do you bring these things up, Jason, when you know what my opinion is on this? I think it's a great idea. Huh? What? Yeah. Okay, good. If, if people are shooting off guns where they shouldn't be shooting off guns, go arrest them. I, All right. You know? Fair enough. It's just, it's, I, don't, I don't think that the, you know, if you start putting gunshot detectors in just like straight everywhere, it's a pain in the ass and it costs a lot of taxpayer money. But if they can do this cheaply and mm. put it in, in new streetlights that are going up regardless, I think it's a great idea. I don't think it's a bad idea either as long as that's what 
that's all they're using it for. The problem is I don't want microphones in absolutely everything that then is just picking up everything that's being stored on a massive drive and then using uh, you know various algorithms to search through it to find out from conversations that blah, 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 blah. Next time you're walking around a city, look up. They're, ev- they're everywhere already. Didn't we? We put the urban field guide into surveillance equipment in one of our earlier shows. So if, uh, go back and find that if you think that you aren't being watched and recorded and camerafied and all the time anyways. Yep. All you got to do is look up. Yeah. Comment of the week. Our first comment of the week comes from GrumpyOldGeeks.com from Jason. He says, question for the geeks. I am one of the lucky ones that has been involved in the Experian hack. If you guys know how this hacking works or how it happens, could you give a little insight on it? How are these hacks possibly done and just how long could it take for someone to discover that they have been hacked? This is not my area of geek expertise, so I thought you may be able to shed some light. Thanks for the great show and have a great day. Well, I mean, there are thousands upon thousands of ways to an Experian or anybody like that could get hacked. So that's a little difficult to tell. Uh, it's usually a combination of social engineering and uh, knowledge of technology greater than the company or the company's willingness to spend money on security. Uh, how do you find out? You generally don't until they tell us that you've been hacked. Well, yeah, well, yeah, that's the only <laughs> way that... But I, I don't know if he's talking about how the company would know because the company should have... Tools yeah. in place that, you know, basically look at the logs, look at access. Unauthorized access. Yeah. Uh, yeah. IP addresses that aren't part of their internal, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. I think most of the time nowadays, though, uh, they find out from Krebs on security when the hackers go to him and say, hey, man, I got this uh, Experian hack file. You want some? Or they find yeah. it on the dark web and... It's, yeah, uh, generally that's the way. Yeah, I mean, hackers are not exact. They don't hack in and then keep it a secret. They want to go uh, sell the stuff or at least trumpet their victories. So they find out that way, and that's how a company will find out. Um, there's, yeah, that's really about it. I mean, unless you want to sit around all day and kind of monitor IP traffic all around the area or around a company that you're worried about. <laughs> yeah, big companies usually have appliances that are that are used specifically for this. Uh, yeah, they have kettles. And kettles, yes. Yeah. <laughs> So that's that's one of the ways, but it's very expensive and uh, very time consuming, and they usually have departments for it. If they don't, then uh, yeah, that's yeah. what happens. I think uh, you know, as you mentioned, Krebs on security. If you just want to load that up every single day, uh, they they're usually one of the first uh, to ever publish the big hacks. So yep. All right, so we got another comment from Jerry from Patreon. He wrote in saying, "Just a comment on the government security side. I work for one of the agencies as a federal employee." We have to go through yearly classes on internet and computer security, even so far as to sign a use policy. Now, I can't say for all agencies, as I imagine there are some that don't have a robust policy, like maybe Department of the Interior, but those that handle sensitive and classified information, yeah, they know better. It's explicitly stated that you cannot use personal emails. So the CIA director, so the CIA director that did so, he did it knowingly. Okay. Furthermore, to get classified emails read on off-the-government systems, they would have to be opened from one end and re-emailed. There is a sort of two-part authentication process that happens, and one part of that is a microchipped ID card connected to your laptop. Classified messages have certificates on them that prevent opening from unauthorized computers. Clinton's email server? She knew, or at best she was snowed, but her people know because that software had to run on her email server or someone was forwarding them to her other email server from one of the chipped, uh, you know, classified laptops. Well, that seems most likely to me, doesn't it? That's not terribly difficult. (laughs) 
I am not buying the didn't know factor at all. These are leaders, so if they didn't know, it should scare us that they are that ignorant. They are signing policies and laws without knowing the impact. Dear God. Uh, Please see uh, every single time we've talked about any of this in security or news. They have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) Clueless, clueless, clueless. Yeah. Uh, And not surprisingly so. These... These are politicians, uh, and you know, Jason and I have have been doing computers and security since we were basically born. And some of this stuff is way over our head. Well, I'm not expecting them to be ep- experts in any way, shape, or form. Um, that's not surprising to me at all. No, they listen to their advisors and their quote unquote experts, who generally, mm-hmm. you know, they're, yeah. they're they're on a government salary. Yeah, or usually have you know are aug- augmenting their income from someone else, and you know, they have their own agendas. So there it is. Yeah. Thank you, Jerry. Thank you. If you'd like to leave us a comment, please do so at uh, Twitter at GOG Podcast at GrumpyOldGeeks.com. Do not bother with Facebook because we will never, ever see it. And, of course, our Patreon page, patreon.com slash GOG. I think they've solved most of their problems, and we could desperately use the ducats to pay for our bandwidth. Thank you. At the library. It's been a couple of weeks since we had a good at the library, and I, since I took uh, last week off, I had some time to read. All right. Congratulations. Thank you. I started off with, uh, I went back and uh, we talked about Secondhand Souls, Christopher Moore's new book. Yes. And it's a, since it's a sequel, I thought, ah, it's been a couple of years since I read the prequel, which is a dirty job. So I went back and read that, mm-hmm. then immediately read Secondhand Souls. And I, I got to say, top notch, I recommend both of them. I really can't believe I haven't gotten to secondhand souls yet, but uh, in between traveling and I did take the damn book around with me to Europe everywhere. I just didn't get a chance to read it. <laughs> and uh, the fact that it's a, I got it as a real book, a physical book, not an ebook. Uh, and I totally forgot that I actually do not, uh, I share a bedroom with someone and uh, she tends to go to sleep a little bit earlier than I do. And uh, I cannot have a light on when I'm reading. So I've been reading, I've been screwed on this one because it's basically eBooks in the bed or nothing. Uh, so I either have to get on this while I'm on the pot, as it were, or during the day, uh, or I just have to go ahead and suck it up and download it as an eBook too, to be able to read it. But I'm very much looking forward to it and I'm glad that you liked it. Yeah, it's just as good as the first one. And the first one was stellar. Excellent. Cannot wait. I also read The Truth by Neil Strauss. Okay. Uh, Neil is, uh, you know, you know, a New York Times bestselling author, tons of books on rock bands. And uh, he wrote the game with a sle- like sleazy pickup artist book that everybody <laughs> cites. Yeah. 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 This is kind of what the fallout of that lifestyle was. <laughs> and it's, it's a really hard read. I, I'm going to say that right now. It's very hard to read because it talks about his relationships and the the trauma that he went through and, and going to therapy and coming back from it. Ah, so this is the first I made some money by being an asshole. And this is my Mia Coppola for being an asshole. Kinda, kinda. Okay. But it, it's, I mean, it, it was fascinating and I really, really enjoyed it. And we interviewed Neil on the Art of Charm podcast not too long ago. So links to that will be in the show notes. But yeah, I mean, if you read any of his previous stuff, it's it's pretty much a must read. All right. And speaking of the crapper, where you're going to have to read <laughs> read Secondhand Souls, um, I've been reading 100 Deadly Skills, The Seal Operative's Guide to Eluding Pursuers, Evading Capture, and Surviving Any Dangerous Situation by Clint okay. Emerson. It's a perfect bathroom reading because each tip is like, you know, a, a, a nice sit-down time. <laughs> I highly recommend it. Oh, there's so many jokes and so little time. <laughs> 
Anyways, uh, I went back to Dune because I did. Uh, I have been getting those on my on my Kindle, so I've been reading that, and uh, I'm finally I'm down to the last two uh, of the uh, original Frank Herbert books, and I just finished Heretics of Dune, which is the second to last. Um, you know, I love the original Dune book, uh, and I think most people do. I forgot how good these these last ones were. Heretics of Dune was a masterpiece. It is so political and insane, and there's still the action to it, but the thought behind it, the entire universe he's created, and and the real-time implications for for politics in the world today are are just stunning. Uh, you know, the first book was great. It, it you know looked at religion and you had your main character and there was all this action. These later books are are basically almost entirely thought experience experiments and they're absolutely fantastic. I could not believe how good it was and I'm really glad I'm going back and rereading them again. Oh, good. Oh, second to last. So we're almost done. One more and I'm done. Oh, thank God. No problem. I'll go ahead. I will read Secondhand Souls first. <clears throat> Maybe. Maybe not. We'll see. <laughs> Software, apps, and gadgets. I've been saving my little ducats for about two years now because I wanted a new camera. Mm-hmm. I finally got it. Okay. I got the Nikon D810. Finally, full frame, beautiful, 36.6 megapixel behemoth. Yes. I love it so much. (laughs) If you're a, you know, if you're a digital photography guy, it's, you know, it's up there with some of the best you can get. And like the iPhone six, a little better than the iPhone six. Okay. (laughs) Actually, a lot. But does it do the, the moving graphic, the moving photo picture thing like the iPhone does? Well, I can do 60 frames per second, uh, 1080p movies. Yeah, so. but you can't, you can't push hard on the picture and then it starts to move. No, you can't oh. do that. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah. <laughs> I'll pass on that. I'm being ironic. People. I know. Okay. Um, so yeah, I've, I, I actually made a blog post on jpd.me about the image quality and put up a sample image that people can zoom in on and take a look at the quality on it. I've got some more tests to do on it, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm loving this thing so much. But yeah, it was pricey. Yeah, I'd imagine. Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, so I also want to th- do a, a shout out to Handbrake. It's something that I we almost never talk about, but is going to come into play real quick here because I use it, you know, to get movies from some people that aren't in the right format. <clears throat> yeah, it, it, it translates from Swedish. It does. It, it is my Swedish translator. <laughs> and makes it so you can play it on your Apple TV or your iPhone six with the moving pictures or your mm-hmm. iPad. It's well, it, it also has many, it's a great conversion utility. Yes. It's a, it does video transcoding beautifully and it's mm-hmm. free. So yes, if you ever need it, go get it. You should just have that on your computer at all times because you will need it at some point. Yes, you will. Especially if you're getting the new Apple TV that arrives today. Woo-hoo! Yeah. I, I guess I'm going to have to upgrade. This looks pretty sweet. Yeah, I'll let you know how it goes. As long as it doesn't turn itself off every 15 minutes, I'm I'm in. My I've got the latest and greatest like third generation Apple mm-hmm. TV. No, I can't watch Netflix for more than 10 minutes without the whole thing rebooting. Um, that doesn't happen to me, but uh I think you imagine. Well, then again, I think I'm just generation 2. I don't even have the third generation. Okay, so. cuz everybody I know that has the third generation has the same problem. You can't watch Hulu or Netflix without the whole thing rebooting. Right. Okay. All the time. That, that's that, Yeah, that has not happened to me. I'm excited purely about the remote because the, the Apple TV remote at the two buttons is almost useless. And they are basically adding swipe and there's a full interface. And this is, I'm so excited. See, I haven't used that actual remote in so long. I just use my phone. You get the remote app and use your phone. 
yeah, I try Especially to if a, you want to type something. Good I try to make a rule about not sitting around and watching TV and having my phone. Oh, well, I mean, if you just have the remote app open, that app, yeah, that already has uh, swipe. Yeah, and stuff. but then somebody's texting me, or I have to look at Facebook, and this, uh, it's too many distractions. I don't. Okay. I, I refuse to be a millennial. I want to get through an actual program. <laughs> okay, so yeah, it looks pretty nice, um, and it's you know it's got the new TV OS, which is an iOS variant. Mm-hmm. And we'll see how it, see how it goes. I gotta you know install all my apps when it gets in. Uh, do you? Is it ordered? Is it on its way to you as we speak? It's at my house right now. Oh well, what are we doing this <laughs> podcast for? Go go. <laughs> no, shortly, shortly. No, I'm kidding. All right, yeah. Let me know next week how it is, and then I'll, I shall place my order if it's good. Yeah, and uh, I want to bring up a Kickstarter project that's been making the rounds called the Giro Revolutionary Carry On Luggage. Now, yeah, I looked at this. I normally wouldn't have brought this up, but uh, the guy who's doing it, Ken Hertz, mm-hmm. uh, is a friend of a friend. So okay. I wanted to give him a give him a shout out. He, I mean, they're they're kicking ass with it. Is there over yeah, a million bucks? <laughs> yes, they're doing very very well. This is uh, <laughs> above and beyond what I would ever ever need. But I could see this be for people that are like traveling, like if, and and super super techie guys that travel. This is pretty awesome. Built in charging station in your luggage. Oh come yeah. on. Yeah, it's it's you know. Uh, again, like I said, above and beyond what I would ever need, but, uh, and yeah, but it's pretty cool. They built a lot of stuff into it. Uh, I can't wait to see how security at airports will react to this, but we'll see what happens. I don't think it'd be a problem. I mean, I do like the bigger wheels on it and the lower center of gravity. So it's like just easier to roll over everything because I've got like an old Eddie Bauer right now with these little tiny wheels that falls over if you just breathe on it wrong. Oh. Man, if you have not bought a, a new piece of luggage in the last five years, the technology improvement on things is stunning. The wheels, everything, the the weight—it's unbelievable. Yeah, it's time to. It's I think it's time to upgrade once I try and pay off this damn camera. <laughs> okay, once you pay off the camera, new suitcases. <laughs> and a friend of the show, John Chevron, who always sends us cool WordPress stuff. I should put this in security, but it is software. So. And speaking of auditing and security, uh, the WP Security Audit Log plugin. It's a complete audit log for everything that goes on in WordPress. I'm going to give it a shot this week because I've been right. looking for one of these that's actually decent. Yeah, I, I've I've messed around with similar types of things in the past, and I found them just to be generating way more information than I need or not enough information. So again, let me know how this works. Yeah, we'll do. Because yeah, the ones that I've tried, not enough information. Yeah. It's like, I need to know who edited a, edited a post, who yeah. uploaded that picture at like 3.30 in the morning, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I run, uh, well, I'm, I'm not so much running big sites anymore, but when I was running sites that had, you know, like 15 authors, three admins, and four <laughs> editors, it's really nice to know who's doing what. Very true. And you can blame the right person. Exactly. I need to know who to bitch at. Exactly. Uh, I don't have a software or an app or a gadget. What I do have is a Twitter uh, Twitter feed. It's called uh, The Scenester. And if you're old like me, uh, but you still like to go to a lot of shows, what this, uh, what this Twitter feed is really good for is they tell you set times for shows in the Los Angeles area. So if you want to go see a band and you only want to see the, the actual headliner, you will know exactly what time they play. So you can show up at 10 p.m. instead of showing up at 7, 7 p.m. and having to buy about $18, $30 beers. That's really nice. This is very useful. Yeah. Uh, again, you will never, ever, ever be early to a show if you don't want to be. Oh, man, the Subhumans played yesterday. Damn. It's also good for for telling you who's playing because there aren't really good avenues for that anymore. Yeah, really. This is this is pretty cool. Yeah, I, I, I would uh, I would say follow if you're in Los Angeles and you like music. 
I just followed. And I would like to give an anti shout out to uh, what is generally my favorite audio app, uh, Sound Studio. It's what I do almost all my work in. And they decided to do an update for El Capitan, mm-hmm. like everybody else's. Completely broke the MP3 export functionality. And I'm on Yosemite. I don't even need to go to El Capitan. <laughs> Should have done that upgrade then. I, do, I know. It's one of the auto updates. I'm like, oh, man, maybe, maybe it works. Well, <laughs> for me, I mean, because I stupidly did go to El Capitan, which then broke some of the other audio things that we use for our podcast, which has been an issue. Uh, but this will probably actually work for me. We'll see. Yeah, give it a shot. Give it a shot. Uh, the lame encoder does not work for El Capitan at all yet. So you can't even ah. do yeah, you kind of have to go around the elbow to get to the asshole to get an MP3 out of anything anymore. So I guess I'll just wait a little while then. Yeah, hang off, hang off. I'll post an update. I, I wrote them to say, hey, dudes, what, what, what gives? Media Candy. I saw what I thought was going to be a horrible, horrible movie this week. Mm-hmm. Hitman, Agent 47. Sounds horrible. The video game that it's based on was fun. Oh, based but, on a video game. Strike two. Yeah, that, exactly. <laughs> uh, it stars Rupert Friend, the guy from Homeland. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, speaking of which, I got to catch up on that. Yeah, I me too. I forgot that the, the whole new season started. All right. Yeah, same here. I'm, I'm, I'm way behind. I see the billboards everywhere, and then I get home, and I just forget. I got a funny little story about that. Uh, Carrie Matheson, what's the actress's name? Claire Danes? Yeah. Uh, she must kind of live in the area because of... Uh, Last or it was two weekends ago, something like that. Uh, I was walking along along the ocean here, and she jogged by. And the only reason I knew it was hers, she had that pained Carrie Matheson face because she was running. I was like, <laughs> she looks. Oh my god, that is her. Because it was like that. Everything's going wrong in my life on the show face. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Though the, basically the only expression she has. Yeah, the only one she's got on that show. Uh, yeah. So I do. Uh, that's the only reason I recognized her, and I was like, oh, hey, it's her. Yeah, she looks like Mister Limpet. Oh, she's kind of a daughter of. Yeah. Oh, she could reboot the franchise. Daughter of Limpet. Daughter of Limpet. God. I am so excited, though, for tomorrow because Ash versus the Evil Dead is finally going to be out and we can finally stop seeing the, the massive press push for this thing. Or at least I can finally stop hearing about it from everybody that loves this stuff. I know. I'm just so excited. Did you hear Bruce Campbell on Kevin and Bean this week? Uh, no, I haven't listened to Kevin and Bean since I was like 20. Uh, since I have a seven minute commute now, so I listen to seven, I listen to 14, 14 minutes of Kevin and Bean every day. Oh, so they play the same two offspring songs. Pretty much. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. So it's coming out tomorrow on stars and it has already been renewed for a second season. Well, all right. Good for, good for all you Bruce Campbell fans. Absolutely. I'm yeah. very excited to hear about it endlessly for the next two years. Well, you got to watch it, dude. I just never got into it. Get into it. All right. Should I do Doctor Who first or this? Fuck Doctor Who. Ooh, fancy! Fancy! Ooh, fancy! As a kid who grew up in Anaheim and had a had an annual pass to Disneyland, uh, it always has held a special place in my heart. Um, this started to make the rounds. I did not know this existed, Theme Park University, as a site, uh, which talks about a lot of the local parks. But more interesting, uh, they are now doing an auction of featuring hundreds of Disneyland artifacts from the park's 60-year history. Uh, you can buy basically entire, uh, you know, the different carts from Space Mountain or whatever. You can, all sorts of stuff, uh, including the people maker, or I mean, people mover. Sorry, that's what we young 
horny kids called the ride <laughs> when we, you know, that was basically if you asked a, a, a friend, a girl, if they wanted to ride the people maker, that meant you were going to go make out. So I would like buying one of those. It's a nostalgia. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. Swab it for DNA first. That's yes. Well, I might find my own. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. Interesting. Anyways, it's really cool. And uh, if I had the dough and the space, I would probably try to buy some some of this stuff. But uh, I do not. But it's interesting to think about it. And the other thing that I ran across this week, which I will not do, but I hope somebody out there does and gets back to us. It's an optical illusion that makes you see black and white as green and red for up to three months. Now, since I work on the internet in terms of design as well, this is not a good idea for me to do. But I, maybe some police departments could do this. <laughs> if, somebody, if somebody wants to check it out and, and report back to us, mm-hmm. I, I, I work in a visual medium. I cannot do this. I cannot even risk it. Now, here's a hack for you. If this actually works and you could hack into, say, the TVs and airports, yeah. <laughs> you could mess up with quite, quite a lot of people. Unfortunately, Anyways, yes, some, of those people would, some of those people would be pilots. Oh, yeah. Okay, that's a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Closing shout outs. Uh, my closing shout out is to a friend, Jenny Pagliaro, who's uh, part of Roses and Cigarettes, a local band. Um, she's also just been a friend for a long time. And unfortunately, uh, we, we are very old. Uh, she is not. She is only 32, and she has been diagnosed with breast cancer. And when you are a struggling singer-songwriter slash uh, you know, bartender, you cannot really afford to fight cancer. So if you want to pay it forward to someone you don't know, but I do, please visit Jenny's Cancer Fighting Fund, link in the show notes. And uh, if you give her a couple bucks, that would be awesome because when you are fighting cancer, it is very difficult for you to make it into do your bar shifts uh, because you feel like shit all the time. Yeah, definitely. looks like she's getting close to her goal. Yeah, she's got a very, very large and very supportive group of friends. So uh, every little bit helps. So friend of the show, go, go friend her and be nice. Yes, do it for us. Yes. Thanks for listening. I am Jason DeFilippo, and you can check me out at jpd.me. And I'm Brian Schulmeister, and you can follow me on Twitter at SlenderFungus. Until next time. Grumpy Old Geeks is a fan-supported show. Check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash GOG. We really appreciate your support. If you don't want to or can't donate but still want to support the show, please go to grumpyoldgeeks.com slash iTunes and leave us a few words and five stars, or better yet, tell a friend about the show. Intro music for the show is provided by the band Among Us. You can find them on iTunes, Spotify, Tidal, and Apple Music, if you so choose. Or you can donate through the Grumpy Old Geeks Patreon page at patreon.com slash GOG to get 10 exclusive tracks. Outro music for the show is provided by Andy Stachansky. You can follow Andy at twitter.com slash houseofandy, and he's also on SoundCloud at grumpyoldgeeks.com slash Andy. Show notes for all the links discussed in this episode can be found at grumpyoldgeeks.com slash 134. Give me some sugar, baby. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion.